Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Now, back to more Fred and Xander on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. So the Bears and Matt Nagy getting ready for a breakup. <laughs> the, well, that too, probably. And the Vikings. But the question I want to ask you, Bears fans, 312-332-3776, Fred and Xander here on ESPN 1000. Um, when you see that college coaches rarely succeed in the NFL, are you hesitant to suggest that the Bears go after a college coach? Or are you saying that, you know, that's just every every guy's individual it it just happens, uh, you know. The numbers happen. You you're what? We're in Super Bowl fifty three, fifty four, fifty five, whatever it is coming 56 up. Fifty six. Okay. Coming up. And so only three times has a former college coach won a um, a Super Bowl. So the numbers don't look good. No, they don't look good at all. Um, so what would you now? There have been college coaches that, that come into the college ranks and grow as an assistant and things like that. But what would you prefer? 312-332-3776. Because even though I had mentioned numerous times throughout the year that I did not think the Bears were going to get rid of Matt Nagy before the season or during the season, I'm pretty damn sure they're going to get rid of him after the season. Mm-hmm. And if they don't... What's going to happen sometime? Right. And, and again, we had a caller. There was a caller, and we didn't. The station as a group, we. Um, I think it was Cap had a caller yesterday, and they were talking about uh, Cap and Jay Hood in the mornings here on ESPN 1000, talking about you've got to make sure you talk about Ryan Pace because he's the one that's put the team in this situation, mm-hmm. this predicament, and also this situation with not having a draft pick and all that kind of stuff. And um, so, yeah, you can't fire one without the other, and that's one of the reasons I would hesitate to to get rid of Matt Nagy before I got rid of Ryan Pace. See, again, I, I it, it, from my view, if I wanted to make a statement, I would have popped Nagy, yeah, and and Pace would know that I'm coming for him after the season. Well, then I would have said, "Listen, Matt's gone. We're going to pick the guy, the interim. We're going to have this guy run it." Yeah, and that tells him yeah. everything he needs to know. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Out to Lockport, my future home. And Tom, Tom, what's going hey, on, Tom? Hey guys, good morning. How you doing on this uh, nice Saturday out here? Oh, it's beautiful. It's a little, little drippy outside, but yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I agree with you. I mean, I would play the odds. I think it's a long shot that a, a college coach is successful in the NFL. Uh, certainly love Jimmy Johnson, um, but I would I would want to go after somebody that has that type of fire because you know I think Matt Nagy's a good guy, but believe me, you know, happy that he's going. Take Ryan Pace with you. And I think it's somebody that needs to instill some discipline into this. And maybe, maybe, Aladitka, a little bit of fear for your job. And that, that just becomes a physical team that just wants to go out and play hard. Yeah, who is that, though, from the college ranks? Yeah. Well, or even... No, 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 I'm saying I don't want yeah, that. Yeah, he doesn't oh, like college. Okay. I, Okay. I, I don't want it from the college. Okay. No, I, and again, I don't have the answer right now. I don't know, for instance, if that, you know, outside of, I tell you what, I take it back. There's one guy, only because he's been successful in the NFL, which would be Jim Harbaugh. But, you know, that's the, I, I don't have the answer. But, hey, guys, can I give a shout-out sure. uh, to, uh, the, real quick, to the Lockport football team that uh, won the 8A state championship who beat a very, very good Loyola team? And especially, I'd just like to make it known 
They've got a quarterback there, 6'7", 232. I think he only played a half a season last year. 25 touchdowns, one interception, and is not committed to a major school. And I think it's because he only played a half a season. Take a look at Hayden Timoshek's highlight reel. I have no association with him, just that I'd like to see a young man who's got all the potential in the world, throws a deep ball with touch, strong, smart, strong arm, and feels very comfortable you know, in the pocket and have run Hayden Timichek. a offense. Yeah. Is that his Hayden name, Hayden Timichek? Timichek. Okay. You, you know, Tom, yeah. they, they actually they beat uh, Maine South in the championship. I was at, at the game. They beat Maine South in the final. Right. Yeah, you said Loyola. But... No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That was in the. They beat. I just meant that they beat Loyola to get there. To get to there, right? Gotcha. And then they won the state championship. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I saw him play. He was he was good. The running back was good, uh, and their their um, defense was really nice. Their two their two um, inside line guys, their two tackles, are brothers, twin twin brothers, going to Eastern Illinois, and um, probably yeah. gonna, probably going to take after uh, Yurko and, and spend time in the NFL. Well, that'd be great, and, and and that Maine South game, trust that was nowhere near his best game. I can tell you, he right. played well. Right. The whole team did, but like I said, I mean, uh, against um, Loyola, which really all the props to them for such a great program. Yeah, you know, the kid was knocked out the first series. Uh, he's also their punter. The punt didn't go far. Loyola put it right in the end zone, and now you think, okay, and you know they're doing the check on the sideline for a concussion or anything with Hayden. The kid comes out there, and I think in six plays, four of which I think were passes, bing, 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 touchdown, down the field. He's, this is a kid who should be playing at a major university that, again, I think because of last year and not, you know, I think the spots fill up after junior year, if I'm right, and I think it's just been overlooked. I, I hope he gets a chance. And thanks, thanks, thanks for letting me, thanks for letting me uh, bring it up. No yeah. problem, Tom. I, I, yeah, I, there's a lot. Hayden Timichek, he sounds like a good Czech kid. Yeah. Well, I like that. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah, I, I saw them play, and he's right. He was also the punter. They also did a thing where if, on fourth down, if they were in the shotgun, they could trick the teams because... Oh, that's dangerous yeah, right there. Well, it was because one of his punts in the championship game uh, was blocked, and it, it set up the opposition for actually good field position. But well, it's dangerous either way. Yeah, Lockport actually went on to win the game. 312-332-3776. Let's go to... Now, what is this? Bucks what? Fanshawe? Bucks fan, Osher, and Morton Grove. Okay. Oh, okay. What's up? Hey, bud. Uh, thanks for taking my call. So the coach for the Bears, I think, would be uh, a great fit. I wouldn't even go to the college ranks. Now, I don't know how secure he is uh, in Pittsburgh, but I would get Mike Tomlin out of there. Oh, there's no way. Uh, and here's why. Well, you know what? You can't say that because I believe him. He's been there for so long. His tenure's come and due. After Ben leaves, who are they going to draft? No, I like, look. I I get it, but I just there's no way the Rooneys are letting him go. I wouldn't think so. They've no. only had what the, I, mean, I would love it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Change I, everything would, today. He would make Justin Fields an incredible quarterback yeah. because you know there's honestly as, as far as assisting assisting coaches, it, it, it's a it's a hit or a miss. I mean, if you're going to come to Chicago with an assistant coach, you got so much to you have to deal with as far as draft, uh, whatever draft the Bears have. Um, the, the free agency, it, it's, it's, a, it's a plate you got to have to deal with. I think Mike Tomlin, if I was the Bears organization, I would go after him. There's no such thing as it's not going to happen. It can. If you put the right amount of money if in front we, of the guy. If we tra- trade Justin Fields for him. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah the, only, the only thing, though, <laughs> yeah. is, is 
because, I would love it. Because of the history in Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh only having a certain number of coaches in their exi- you know, over the last, what, 50 years, um, yeah. I, I think he's sticking around. I don't think he's going to leave there. I think they'd have to go above and beyond for him to leave there. And I, I he's, he's a guy that I think, and we appreciate the call, he's a guy that I think is just, he's there forever. He's not going yeah, anywhere. Look, it, he's as close to untouchable as it gets. I would it think seems. so. It yeah, seems. I would think but so. We, we really don't know, but I mean, Outside looking in, there's no way. There's these young offensive geniuses, these young uh, masterminds, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, and then uh, you have also have Shanahan uh, with the Niners, um, you know, the, the guy with the Chargers, who I question because I, he just went by the book so much on the uh, fourth down plays the other day. And when we're sitting there, he passed up three field goals, mm-hmm. where if you kick the field goals, you end up winning. But the analytics tell you, um, well, you know, you have a better chance to win if you score a touchdown here. Well, sure you do. <laughs> yeah, but you've got to score a touchdown. if you score the touchdown. Yeah, if you don't score the touchdown, there's probably a good chance you're not going to make it. As it turned out, they passed up on a couple of field goals and then had to go to overtime. It's with almost the, like you have the to Chiefs. remind them, two field goals yeah. equals a touchdown. Yeah, just about. you got to let them the go. Let's go on out to Duke. Duke, what's happening? Hey, Duke. Hey, guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. Last caller. I don't know if we're doing wish list. Why don't we just go after Belichick then, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, th- I think Sean Payton would be a more realistic out of the two, out of him and Tomlin, maybe to pull away. But my guy, I want to start a movement, guys. Peyton Manning, one of the smartest football guys ever out there. I don't think he wants that daily grind. I, I think, and Peyton- like you said, there's so much on the Bears' plate, though. You know, it's like a whole rebuild. What do we got? Roquan Smith and Justin Fields few other guys you know it's a whole start over i think peyton manning would be more of the uh football guy like to re- re- replace a ryan pace as opposed or to even a yeah. boss of yeah. a gm yeah you know we yeah, saw I think the football operations get yeah. him in the building yeah. yeah just get him in the building is my my thing i would love to see him on the sideline though just an offensive genius obviously but what he knew about defense and what he knew how to study defenses and how they attacked him you know, I'm really just interested to see what he could build all together on the football side of things. You know, Duke, sometimes you have a problem, though, because when you take great players and you put them in coaching positions, they don't quite understand why the players they're coaching can't be as good as they were. Larry Bird in the NBA. Larry Bird in the NBA. He was a guy comes to mind. Irvin Magic. Yeah, Irvin Irvin Magic Johnson. They don't quite understand why those these other players don't have Didn't the drive. Isaiah have that issue too, probably. Yeah, the drive and the yeah. ability. They don't quite understand. And they can't really relate to them. It's like, well, just do that. Well, I can't do. What do you mean you can't do this? Well, I did. And then it. they step on the yeah, they step on the court and show them. I think it happens more in basketball than it does in in football. Um, I mean, a couple other guys I have at mind. You know, the obvious one is Jim Harbaugh. What about Greg Roman, the Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator? What he was able to do with Kaepernick and then Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you know. Well, you know what? And you bring it up, Duke, and appreciate the call. He's worked with guys with quarterbacks that can run the football. And that's what, something you're going to need to do because look at what Justin Fields was able to do. He ran the ball, was it, nine times for 74 yards against the Packers. And when he decided to run, he just took off, and he looked great. He slid early. He knew he had the bad ribs. It wasn't the naggy offense. He yeah. has naggy offense that he likes, but guess what? Yeah. It worked. It worked. I mean, he, he ran the ball. He did some good things. He got down. Um, they they were showing some things throughout the course of the week, how many times he got hit early in the game. He did get hit quite a bit because the offensive line was was beat up. 
Peters was out right away early in the game. Second or third play of the contest, he went out with the injury. They brought Tevin Jenkins in. Tevin Jenkins had a rough rough game. Two false starts, two holding penalties. Yep. Another holding penalty that got, uh, you know, didn't get accepted because it was the fault. It led to a fumble um, in the third quarter. But the thing is, Tevin Jenkins is a guy playing his first NFL game. Anybody that is crucifying him. Boy, oh boy, I'd hate to be your son because, you know, well, one it's mistake. Ridiculous. And, yeah, it's the first game. It's the first game he's played, and he wasn't expecting to get time in there. And now they say they're going to leave him at the left tackle position. And Why Le- not? I know. And Larry Borum actually came down with COVID, so I don't know if he's going to be around, but I think Fetty could could come back this week. The whole situation with who takes the field, you're going to have to join us on Monday throughout the course of the day so we know who's going to be playing in that it game. It will be a minute-by-minute yeah, development. Yeah, I I think, and I know I saw the injury report, and they're saying these guys are, but they haven't listed a lot of guys as out. They're tro- going to wait as long as they can. Being mm-hmm. a Monday game, they can wait a little bit longer than they would for most. Callers, hang in there. We'll get right back to you. 312-332-3776. I still want to play what happened on the final play of the North Northern Illinois Bowl game. If anybody wants to jump on in and give us exactly what they think happened, because we're going to play the sound bite and talk about it. Xander and I watched it a, a dozen times. We can't figure out <laughs> what the hell is going on. We didn't see the game as it happened. Chaos. So yeah, That's a good word for it, it. Maybe you did. I know Jesse was all upset about it, the Northern Illinois Husky yeah. grad. 312 332 on ESPN 1000. This is Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000, also available on demand on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. The Bears uh, still making moves as they're trying to get enough guys ready for Monday night when they take on. He's trying to he's trying to size yeah. jerseys up for yeah. anybody. Well, what, what do you wear? Easily two two XL. Yeah, two uh, XL yeah. fits pretty good sometimes. I, I was watching well, with pads. It would be a. a I was three, looking at Tevin three, Jenkins jersey. They just make these linemen wear like the skin tight jerseys. <laughs> Offensive linemen aren't supposed to wear skin tight anything. But I know they don't want they don't want room to grab onto. Right, it. right, right. They don't want to be able to just grab the jersey. He's, he's not wearing something that tight out to dinner on a right. Friday. Uh huh. I don't want to see that. Nothing against you, Tevin. I'm sure you're a wonderful man and human, but that's the uniform doesn't look great. Um, and there's a lot of players in the NFL. I mean, yeah, not it's just, not just yeah. Tevin. I mean, I mean, I mean, I never understood Bill Parcells. He used to tuck his his shirt into his pants. When you're that big, you don't do that. You leave no, it, you don't. You leave it hang you out. Believe me, you've you never seen me with a shirt tucked in. No, ever. no. I, I mean, when I go to Please. weddings, I try to leave. You know, <laughs> to have a longer coat. You know, yes. yeah. That's, try my, not that's to do the that. rule of my life. It I'm is. Tucking. So anyway, the Bears just announced a couple minutes ago they have activated nose tackle Eddie Goldman. A lot of Bears fans are saying that would be nice if he actually came and played. Um, He's been on the reserve COVID list, so they've activated him and signed linebacker Ladarius Mack. That's Khalil Mack's brother. Oh, from... we're trying to get a Mack. Yes, yes. If we can't get the real Mack, we've got to get his brother. And we got Ladarius. He yeah. yeah, he was on the practice squad to the active roster, and they have signed a quarterback, Ryan Willis. Don't know who he is or what he's done. but uh... Did you say quarterback? Yes, I said quarterback because Andy Dalton's down with the I, yeah, COVID. I suppose so they wanted to have yeah, a guy. Yeah. So, yeah, so Ryan Willis. Um, I'm still confused as to why we have foals, but I guess I'm glad we do now. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. 
Yeah, I, you, you see if he's going to end up. He'll be the number two, I would think, going into the game on Monday night. Let's get back to the phones talking about some Bears coaches. And I got more information. Some stuff just came out about the Northern Illinois game from yesterday. So okay. we'll talk about that. Let's go on out to the roads in Wallace. You're on ESPN 1000 with Fred and Xander. What's up? Hey, bud. Hey, good afternoon, fellas. Good afternoon. Hey, I just wanted to say I'm listening to a lot of people bringing up trying to get a college coach to come in. But the bottom line is college coaches really don't do well in the NFL simply because of the fact that they don't have the control that they would in college. You look at the guys, they can, can, they can tell you, oh, if you don't do it my way, I can, I can snatch your scholarship away and you're gone. You can't do that when you're in the pros. You're making $5 million, $6 billion a year, and the star player is making three times that. What do you, what kind of leverage do you have to make them do your things your way? It's a great point, Wallace. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's true. That's why you really have to rely on your general manager to get you the players that you want and you need to make your system work. You know, and what you're saying, Wallace, sounds like what happened to Urban Meyer. Just totally. He came in with this this attitude and, yeah, you know, this ego, and they weren't having it. Well, Urban Urban Meyer is also the guy that never really used any kind of discipline. Look at the stuff that went on at Florida, the stuff that went on at Ohio State. These guys ran roughshod all over the over their their area i mean they got they got away with whatever because they were star players and the coach didn't do anything to to curtail their behavior yeah unfortunately wallace unfortunately we appreciate the call unfortunately that happens in a lot of college uh places see actually that works against that argument yeah because it's almost like if you do that in the college ranks then you're used to the nfl yeah kind of I know, dyna- I know, dynamic, yeah, it's, but it it's, didn't obviously. No, nah, it's a weird situation. You have you have some control over guys, and you say, "Listen, if you don't do this, I'll bench you." Well, you're not bench in the NFL. You got 53 guys in college. You want to bench a, uh, a a tackle or something like that. You have got another guy that might be sitting there uh, who is maybe a good player somewhere else. Where here you but would, you can't really make a point in the NFL without compromising possibly a winning. game. Yeah, and you can't do that. Right. A lot of times you can't bench guys. That's why a lot of people say, "Well, you got doesn't play well. You got to bench him." Uh, yeah, we can bench him, but to other put that other guy in. In baseball, that's easier. Yeah, because you have so many games. Right. Not in football. No, in football. Uh, so Kendall Vildor is not playing well. So let's put Crawford or Christian over there. Well, they both suck. Well, you know, we, so right. I mean, and Vildor is not getting the job done. None of the other. Artie Burns. I don't think so. So the opposition is going to pick at him right away, and then you're going to be in a hole. Be, but what you found out is that Kendall Vildor, one of your high draft picks isn't ready to play the position yet, and hopefully he can be in the future. Let's go to our guy, George in Old Town. Hey, George. George. Hey, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, guys. Yes, you uh, too. Look, I I mean, I'd love to see Ryan Day get a chance, but you got to bring a new general manager in. And my point is, is you got to bring a general manager that can do stuff in free agency. Uh, I mean, look at the Packers. they got both of the Smith brothers, and both of them are hurt. They bring in these other guys. There's linebackers that are playing at an equal level. The Bears should go after those guys, and, and, they're, and the Packers are deep in the secondary. They're not going to be able to sign all those guys. You've got to be able to identify the guys that are hurting you on the other teams and steal them. That would be nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. 
That would be good. And but like you, you mentioned, it's it's the GM, George. We appreciate the call. It's the GM that needs to change more than anything. And I understand Matt Nagy. Yeah, I understand everybody hating the way he calls games and all that kind of stuff. I understand that. But a lot of times, you're a coach. You can only do with you can only. I, I used to explain this to my wife years ago. She would ask me about money. And I looked at my paycheck and I said, I can only do so much with so little. And <laughs> right. Matt Nagy can say that's a Ryan Pace. Right, right. But they uh, look, they, they both have to go. But Ryan, yes, that is a bigger one. But yeah. I still, and we've talked about this in past shows, and there was something I can't remember where I saw it during the week, but there was a report, I don't know where it was from, that Ted Phillips is now considering hiring a football mind and moving away. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, that's great. Yeah. I could have used that about 10 years ago. Right. Why now? And this is what I've been saying. It's like if he was the president that he should be, he should have moved his ass out of there already and say, I need, I can't do this. I'm not good enough at this. I need to hire somebody to do this yeah. and to hire the right GM because I'm deficient of knowledge and I cannot do this. I can run the operations. I don't know the, fo- the football as much right. as I need to. Yeah. And I need to hire the right people. They need to hire a, a football guy. The question always is who's good enough up there to hire a guy, a football guy, who's knowledgeable enough to hire him. And that's the problem you run into. And then that's where Phillips has to m- maybe try to get a Peyton Manning. Now, yeah. wouldn't that be great to have him in yeah, a Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. I mean, as, as a football guy, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see if he was interested. Is it? Is it just, am I wrong, but both of the Monday night games that the Bears have played, well, they play Monday. Have, there, isn't been a, there wasn't a Manning cast for the first Monday night game. No. They played. They're not going to get any Manning cast no. this year. Okay. No. They, yeah. is there, did they ask? Did they say, please, don't. Said, well, please don't give us the didn't Bears? Bears, Steelers make a lot of sense from a viewership perspective they did, they didn't to, do it. To, to have that one. Yeah. Because you've got two rabid fan bases. you got one of the biggest markets in the country. Sure. I mean, just look at this last Sunday night game. I know. It was one of the biggest, most watched Sunday night football games uh, this season. Yeah. So. I know. And, yeah, I, I would, I would or, love or to have Did the Bears seen. say, please don't? Let them do our game because they're going to roast us, please. Well, then, then we're if already you're, a big pun- a punch line. Then if you're ESPN, you just uh, beg the Mannings to uh, to do it. That would have been fun to watch. So I would have watched yesterday. Um, basically, the start of bowl season. I know it was a college bowl game or two the day before that. There's a couple going on now. Northern Illinois was in one yesterday. Northern Illinois um, has um, had a pretty good quarterback, and they were playing Coastal Carolina yesterday. The final play of the game doesn't make any sense. I'll describe it to you first. It's fourth and one. There's a pass to the left side. It looks like the the receiver catches the ball and goes out of bounds. But then if you look Which closely, would've... right, we would have stopped the clock. Yep. But then when you look closely, he didn't catch the ball. As soon as he hit the ground, the ball fell out. Which would have stopped the clock. Which would have stopped the clock, but it would have given the ball to Coastal Carolina because it was fourth and one. But... What they said was that he caught the ball and he was out of bounds and the clock was going to start at when once the referee blew the whistle. And it did not. That did but not. But what happen. happened was the referee sets the ball down, steps back, and before he's even past the quarterback, they blow the whistle, game's over. The two seconds rolled off. Now, first they said it should have been four seconds. There was only two. So here's how it sounded on TV yesterday. Lombardi throws out, caught, but to Joyner, I believe, 
Will they mark him out of bounds? If they mark him out of bounds, it stops the clock. Inbounds. Inbounds. They will start on the referee's whistle. One second. Now, wait a minute. Yeah, wait a minute is right. What happened was they set the ball down on the whistle, and if the ball went down inbounds, you say, why you stop the clock? In college football, you stop the clock on a first down. So that's why the clock was stopped. But as soon as the, ref- as the referee set the ball down, before he even got he past the quarterback. He couldn't even get out of no, the way. No, the quarterback couldn't even get to the, the right, center. Right, And they called it off. Well, earlier today, statement from the MAC commissioner, John Steinbrecher, regarding the end of the Northern Illinois game. At the end of last night's Northern Illinois Coastal Carolina football game in Orlando, a series of errors on the by the on-field officials and replay official denied NIU the opportunity to run one more play. Following the reception along the sideline, the play should have been stopped for a review. Mm-hmm. Also, the clock was not managed appropriately and what should have been the final play as the center judge should have been allowed to clear the center before the referee wound the clock. This should not have occurred, and the egregious errors around a potential game-changing situation is both unfortunate and unacceptable. Congratulations to the student-athletes and coaches at NIU and Coastal Carolina for tremendous seasons and a hard-fought football game. Now, that was from the coach of the MAC, which is what the Northern Illinois is in. But you can tell how upset they were. and um, I So can... it was indeed as bad as it looked. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's not just us. So everybody that saw that realized it was a complete screw-up yep. by by all the referees. It's several yeah. several issues, yeah, too. Yeah, several, several issues that the MAC commissioner laid out there. As it turns out, the final score, Coastal Carolina wins 47-41. Um, we come back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Roland Heeman, who passed away earlier this week. He was a former GM of the White Sox and a lot of other uh, places. But also... Uh, we talked about Dick Allen last week, I think it was, when he and did not can, make the Hall of Fame. And you can connect the dots between yeah. Roland and Dick yes, as well. I can do that. And also, I got some interesting stuff. If you get a chance, listen to the uh, White Sox Talk podcast. I'll tell you why when we come back after this. This is Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. And now on Digital FM at 100.3 HD2. This is Chicago's home for sports. And no, I have not watched the Beatles yet. I was yet. just going to say. I know. I knew you were going to ask me that. I'm almost I'm almost taking uh, my second swipe at it. I told you. I'm yeah. going to watch it all the way through again. And see what you may have missed yeah, in seven it's, hours it's, or it's, whatever. It's like watching a Monty Python movie, right? <laughs> it's not as funny, but there are things you miss. Yeah. Because Always. it goes so fast and, and their accents and everything. So I'm going to watch it uh, all yeah. the way through. I was telling you how I saw Sebastian Maniscalco last uh last Sunday, and my girlfriend Linda bought the tickets, but then she got sick and she couldn't go, and I tried to tell her some of the jokes, my delivery not nearly as good oh as his. Oh my god, I it wish sucks. I were there for Oh that. my god, it sucks. Oh, you should have seen this, and then yeah. you set up the joke, and she's and like, just like no, please not, don't do not, that. Not, not don't do nearly that. as good. He did have a good line. He did thank everybody for risking their lives to come to the United Center. <laughs> he said, you, you hate to be shot coming out of Garrett's popcorn. Um, so he understands that <laughs> yeah. the problem that the things city are, yeah, currently are has, tough. yeah, not nearly as good as uh, it it should be. Um, Dick Allen was a guy that I loved watching play. My dad back in the day did some stuff, some TV stuff, and he was the executive producer of a show called The Dick Allen Show on Channel Forty Four when Dick Allen was playing with the White Sox. It was a two hour 
sports show. Yeah, had the chairs. Heck, the chairs were in our house afterwards because when the show was over, we kept all the chairs on the set and everything <laughs> like that. So they were our chairs then. And, um, you know, he had Hank Aaron was on the show, Pee Wee Reese, Gaylord Perry, all these stuff. And would players. you have met all of these people? A lot of them. I had Pretty some much. autographs from did some you, of them. Did you meet Hank? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I met him. Wait, I mean, I was a sophomore yeah. in high school. Right, right, right. So, <clears throat> and so I, I, Dick stopped going to the show, so the show kind of eventually faded away. Which is kind of a problem. He just stopped showing up. Yeah. And, uh, but as a baseball player, there was nobody better that I had ever seen. And on the way in today, I'm listening to Connor McKnight, and Connor plays a home run from Dick Allen. And this is Harry Carey, and I know that these guys cut it, I think. And, um, uh, Tyler, they were talking about it, and the way it sounds, old home runs and old baseball highlights just sound great, even before you hear it. So this is one, this is um, from the White Sox, uh, Dick Allen playing for the White Sox against the Yankees. Game? I was at this game. Do you remember the date? Oh, yeah, and I'll talk about it. Okay. Here, here's the home run. All right. So with one out here is Richie Allen. Allen has faced Lindy McDaniel many times in the National League. There's a long drive deep center, way back in my face. It could be, hey, almost into the net. Holy cow. Richie Allen hit one into the, up, into the center field stand. I almost got it with my net. It hit a fan's hand right in front of me. So that's amazing, okay? It's amazing to hear what he says. Now, the center field wall at Old Comiskey was 440 feet to the base yes, of the wall. Yes, it was. And they had the, the horns on it. Remember yeah. the horns? And the wall was about 40 feet high. Yep. yep. Or 30 feet, whatever. And Harry Carey was doing a, it was an afternoon broadcast from the center field bleachers. Figure, you're safe. I, you know, you're at the game going, Harry, what the hell are you bringing your net for? This got to be like 480 to hit it out here, right? I'm sitting... For that day, I don't know why I was sitting where I was, because I had seats, box 44, below the aisle, eight rows in the field, just to the right of the net um, that were with my dad's company, Olympic Savings Alone, back in the day. But for that game, for some reason, I was sitting in the first row of the upper deck, right behind home plate. And I keep telling the story, I thought it was Mel Stottlemyre pitching as Lindy McDaniel. I, every time I've told the story, I've told it wrong. But... The ball takes off like a golf shot and just goes. And, you know, sometimes a golf shot goes, it sails straight and it goes up a little bit. It just just took off. And from my vantage point, you saw it, and it was like a line shot, and it just kept rising and going. And it it almost hits Harry Carey in the center field bleachers. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. Now, what was the date? I don't remember the date. Oh, Is I it thought 72? you said... No, I was at the oh. game. I don't remember okay, the date. You don't re- I thought you remembered the date. No, I was going to say how impressive. I could find hey, the date. I uh, signaled to Tyler. Uh, Superfly was under there. I appreciate that. It was a good music choice. I don't know who put that under there. Well, and uh, Freddie's Dead was also from the movie, Superfly. Yes. I yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of my... That's, that's, on my a, that's your funeral. Curtis Mayfield. Yeah, remember Freddy's we did Dead. That? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, you, you know, uh, the, the podcast that we're going to talk about, um, Goose Gossage. He was on with Chuck Garfine, uh-huh. White Sox Talk podcast. Yep. Now, I have never heard Goose being interviewed. I probably did when I was a kid, right? Goose has done I some loved, stuff. Yeah, he's I come on the air Goose. here. When I was a kid, before I can grow peach fuzz, I wanted a Fu Manchu. Yeah. I may just have one today. I right. may adjust this. You could. Just for Goose. Because he was such 
a badass on the south side. And then hearing him talk to Chuck, I learned so much about Dick Allen. It was great to hear that cut from Harry because now I remember how he was called Richie Allen. Yeah. Not Dick Allen. Yeah, he didn't like Richie. So yeah, and it. Harry yeah. called him Richie, and I that takes me right back to when he played. Yeah, and I was a kid, but Goose really loved that man. Well, he did, and if you get a chance to listen to it, it's the White Sox Talk podcast. Chuck Garfine, uh, Ryan McGuffey, Vinny Duber—they do a great job on the podcast. And um, I'm listening to it, and there's a time he's talking about how um, Goose Gossage talked about how Chuck Tanner, Johnny Sane, the pitching coach Johnny then, Sane, yep. and Dick Allen basically molded him as a baseball yep. player. Those three okay? people are the most important people. And him. Goose Gossage talks about it. Give it a listen. It's a great, you can find it on wherever you find, listen to podcasts. And I'm sure if you're listening to <laughs> the show, Goose is very colorful you to podcast. in his language. Oh, yes, he is, yeah. Very colorful. Yeah. We would have had to spend a lot of time. Cutting stuff down, yeah. yeah. And they did beeping. some of it, but yeah. they didn't beep everything. No. Um, but there was a time, I mentioned how my dad was doing some stuff for the White Sox back then. We were doing some White Sox clinics, White Sox dinners. And one of the White Sox clinics, Goose Gossage came out, along with Chuck Tanner and Joe Lynette, who was the third base coach for the White Sox. And my dad's driving. I'm in the front seat. And in the back seat is Chuck Tanner on one side, Joe Lynette on the other side, and a 21-year-old Goose Gossage in the middle. And Tanner and Joe Lynette, the coach of the, of the White Sox, are just giving him all kinds of crap. You pimply face, sudden such such and such. It's you're, it's amazing we've even got you here. We're relying on you. You got this great fastball. Would you, can you do anything Were else? You in the passenger. I was in the passenger seat, listening to all this. And I'm, I'm surprised just, your dad didn't send you in back and say, "Mr. Tanner, sit up in front." <laughs> no, no, it was great. No, uh, let him sit in the back. So <laughs> it was it was awesome. So and, you saw that happen. Oh my God, it was so amazing. And there because you had two pitchers. You had from the left side, you had a reliever in Terry Forster who threw smoke, and then the other side, you had Goose Gossage who on this podcast, the White Sox Talk podcast with Chuck Garfine, talks about how he goes, "Hey, I can throw a fastball through a car, car wash; it won't get wet." Right. He goes, "But I had no idea how." to throw a curveball, and Johnny Sane taught him how to th- throw the curveball, and then Goose Gosh is going to the Hall of Fame. And, and what he's saying about Dick Allen, the yeah. stories he's talking about, yeah. and the amount of... The the players that Goose has pitched to, yep. Hank Aaron, all of them, right? Yeah. What he says about Dick Allen, it, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. It's amazing. And I really believe it. It's it's not yeah. a guy just rallying for, yeah. for a friend. I really believe yeah. it. When you hear Goose talk about Dick Allen or Richie Allen... Yeah. It's, it's he, mind blowing. He, he talks about how Dick Allen would like set up a pitcher. He would swing at some bad pitches early and, and, in the game when there were two outs and nobody a couple on. Of, uh, yeah. A couple of at bats to set up a pitcher for yeah. later on in the game. Because then pitchers would go late in the game. They'd face a guy three times or four times. And he said, then there'd be two guys on base late in the game. Dick would come up. The guy would throw the same thing he got him out at, and Dick would hit it for the home run and game-winning home run. So uh, we got a couple of people want to jump on and tell about uh, some Dick Allen stories. We've got a Danville and Andy. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Andy. Andy. Hey, guys. I, I seem to remember him, Allen, hitting a home run to center field that broke one of the benches. And the next day in the Sun-Times, the picture had the two pieces of the bench <laughs> sitting on top of the ball. He was amazing. I mean, I, 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 never saw, I never saw a guy hit the ball that hard. You know, Frank, it, it, Frank it had, Thomas hit the ball it, hard, but not as hard as Dick Allen. It had to scare the hell out of the pitcher. Yeah. Oh, you're not kidding. You Actually, were, on that podcast, Goose talks about how, I can't remember what pitcher it was, but uh, how 
that guy stayed on the ground after the ball was in center field. Yeah. And I think uh, the pitcher didn't get up because he's like, I'm afraid that ball's going to bounce off the center field <laughs> fence and come back and get me. Yeah, it probably could have. That's Andy, awesome. I appreciate yeah. the call, Thanks, Andy. Andy. Thanks. Right. Let's go to the south side. And, Joe, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, how you doing? Uh, seeing that you guys are reminiscing and, and bringing up some of the Dick Allen stories, it was one that, do you remember when Dick Allen hit two inside-the-park home runs yep. against the Minnesota Twins? Yep. And also, he also had one of the heaviest bats in baseball. 40-ounce. 40-ounce. Yeah, he had a 40-ounce yeah. bat. I've got, actually got, I've got a Hank Aaron autograph on the Dick Allen bat. A forty ounce bat with the the Hank Aaron autographs, pretty pretty cool. But yeah, he swung it. Nobody else could figure out how he could get around so quick. But he just it, he was so muscular. On that podcast, he talks about Goose talks about that game with the two inside the Parkers. Yeah, and he did it in Minnesota. Which yep. was, remember their center field, Joe, back in the day at Metropolitan Stadium. Oh, terrible! Park. It was a big vast. It oh, had yeah. it had the chain link fence in the outfields and stuff like that. Yeah. It was very cool. Joe, appreciate the call. Thanks, Joe. It was a great memory. And again, go watch uh, Dick Allen, Richie Allen highlights, and uh, you won't believe how, how well he hits the ball. You'll see he hit, like, the longest home runs in some parks that are closed now. You know, his rookie early years in 64, 65, he played a part. And those that, are some of the things that yeah. Goose was talking about. He said it would be ridiculous if he were playing now in these small parks. Right. Oh, yeah. He would just he would just eat it up. To, to Willowbrook and Owen. Hey, Owen. Owen. Hey, guys. Hey. Um, yeah, I grew up watching uh, those those uh, teams with Allen and Melton. And uh, actually, if it wasn't for the A's, the Sox might have gotten there. I think it was in 72 or 73. But yep. one of the greatest stories I ever heard, I don't know if it's true or not, but obviously Tanner had the separate rules for Richie Allen than the rest of the team. He did. So the Sox were supposedly playing a doubleheader, and they were resting Richie Allen. And the Sox were down. I think it was like the sixth inning. They were going to pinch hit Richie Allen. They couldn't find him. Well, supposedly, <laughs> Allen had left the, the dugout, and he was hungry. And somebody spotted him walking down 35th Street going to get some tacos in his uniform. <laughs> and he came back. He came back, and he had taco sauce all over his uniform when he went up to pinch hit. <laughs> he went, you know, nothing he did I mean, with- yeah, nothing he did would surprise me. I want to appreciate the call. They always said, I mean, you know, back when the Yankees used to come to town, way back in the day, McCuddy's was a bar that was right across the street on 35th Street from oh, from, yeah. from the the uh, uh, the visitors dugout area. Yep. So they would just walk out, grab a beer, get a hot dog, and come back in. They'd walk across 35th Street in their Yan- Yankees uniforms. Sure. Yeah, and uh, there were so many great highlights. That's, that story would not surprise me at all. Yeah, and then they also said they were going to rebuild McCuddy's when they built the new ballpark, and that never happened. Uh, 312-332-3776. That's the number. We come back. we got to wrap up our poll. We'll take another call or two. Uh, we've got the uh, New Mexico Bowl coming up next. UTEP and Fresno State here on ESPN 1000. Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. Also available on demand on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Chip and Villa Park's been hanging on. Chip, what's up? Hey, Chip. Hey, how you doing, guys? How are you? Good, good, good. Good. Hey, I just wanted to tell you, it was interesting when you brought up Roland Heeman's name earlier, uh, Fred. It's amazing that the connection he had between the 77 uh, Southside Hitmen, the 83 win and ugly team, and the connection into the World Series team. Yes. Um, obviously, you know, he brought up Dick Allen, got, you know, was able to get him with the Hitmen. 
but then brought over in a trade with Ducky, uh, Bucky Dent, got Oscar Gamble, uh, I think it was Bob Polinski, and Lamar Hoyt came over in that deal. And then he has uh, Hoyt for the 83 team, and then turns Hoyt a couple of years later over to San Diego to get Ozzie Guillen, who turns around and manages the 80, or the uh, 05 World Series team. It's amazing, just kind of the link of three of perhaps the most famous teams in White Sox history, and Heeman had a hand in all of that. Yeah, you're right. And not only that, he also was a big guy, a guy that uh, helped organize the Arizona Fall League, which a lot of young people play at now. And I know Connor McKnight talked about it earlier today on White Sox Weekly. Chip, appreciate the call. That was, was really good points. And Roland Heeman was the guy that made the trade for the White Sox that brought Dick Allen here. Yes. And yes. he sent Tommy John and an infielder named Steve Hunts on December 2nd, 1971, and, um, yeah, pretty Yeah, done. that Tommy John, for anybody who's like, where have I heard that before? That's yeah. the guy. That's the guy the who arm. they named the surgery after. Yes. Yeah. And he went uh, on to pitch very well for the Dodgers. I don't think they named the underwear after him. There's Tommy John underwear. I don't know. If the, yeah, I, they, it's not my brand. I don't think they're mine either. I don't think they named, uh, you know who, whose brand it is? <laughs> the guys that got the free stuff. I think Sylvie's. I think he did some commercials for him, so oh, okay. I'm sure. I'm sure. So sure. Tommy John. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you do a that's commercial. a good responsible broadcaster. Yeah, right that's there. what. You, that's, <laughs> that's what, what you we do. do. That's exactly what we do. Um, so yeah, the Bears. In case you missed it, Eddie Goldman has been activated off the reserve COVID list. Bears play the Vikings on Monday night. That'll be the second game of Monday night. The first game Monday will be the Raiders, as uh, they were forced to um, stop and not fly to Cleveland earlier today, uh, or actually uh, late yesterday. So the Raiders will play the uh, Browns on Monday, then two games in the NFL Saturday. There's one game tonight, so we get to watch a little bit of um, NFL action tonight. Blackhawks play tonight also again, right, after a, after a, a rough one yesterday. Yeah, yeah, they were playing an AHL team, essentially. Well, from what I understood, too, listening to the hockey show, and by the way, Connor McKnight's um, White Sox Weekly, the hockey show, our show, you can get all of them on the uh, ESPN Chicago app. Uh, just go get to the, get the app. It's a great app. You can it's find laid out easily. You oh can find God. anything. If, if I can figure it out, anybody can figure it we're out. Un- we're under the other. Yes, we are. They go to additional. ESPN other additional. I think it's additional. additional. Yeah, ESPN additional shows. You can usually find the uh, Fred and Sanders show right there. Before we go, I want to uh, recap our poll question for today and with with uh you know christmas coming up the question basically was which would you rather receive or prefer to receive as a christmas gift cash gift cards or an actual gift and again cash could be zelle or venmo yeah nowadays it's definitely going to be that i was looking there's a lot of books that i would be interested in reading the problem is when i look at my bookshelves there's about 30 books there that i'm interested in reading i'd never have gotten to I've got so many books to read, and I got so know. so. What so do you sometimes, do? So what do you do? Are you going to attack the books you already own? At some point, no. I'm going to eventually. Buy, I'm going to buy more, so I know that I have them. So when I do decide to read them, they'll they'll, okay, be, there, they'll be there, and I won't have to go. And I do have Kindle. I have some of my Kindle that I've read. Now I, I think Carol's that this book on Kindle. I, I think yet. this this is going to go uh, very much by age. Okay. I think I think age has something to do with this. Okay, where would you go? Well, and I'll say this, when I was younger, I'd be like, just 
cash. Just uh-huh. give me cash. Now I kind of like the idea of, hey, you really thought about something. You kind of know who I am. Like if I'm talking about I have three kids. Right. It's like my one daughter, I tell you, she does the list. If one of them, like my son, he doesn't do a list. He knows who dad is, buys it, and he thinks about it. Uh-huh. And it's like, I think that's cool. Okay. But I'm an older dude now. I might say gift cards. old and soft. I might say gift cards just because I love having... You, know, you don't appreciate anybody saying, I know Fred, and I think I know what he would like? Because nah, usually it's, like, nice, but like Sylvie said, it's ah, not exactly what I would have liked, but you got to be nice about it. I don't know. Oh, so, geez. gift cards, you can never say no. What did, it, what did it come out to, Tyler? So, the number one is cash, at half the vote, 50%. Was it half? Yep. Okay. Actual present, 39%, and then gift cards, 11%. Huh. So cash is gift cards. I mean, really? Kind of. Yeah. You're just, you're but telling you know, somebody, I have cash for you, but you can only spend it here. Well, That's yeah, what that is. A lot of times people go to, like, if you walk into an office and you see a guy drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee every day. A Dunkin' Donuts, well, and that's and and that's using some of that intuition. Like I know who this person is. So that's, so that's a little like bit of both. Gift. It's okay. like a little bit of both. Okay. Bears have the day off tomorrow. I do not. I'll be here with Brian Hanley from ten until twelve. Xander, enjoy the weekend. The rest of you it. You too. Okay. Thanks to Tyler and um, a Merry Christmas to you, pal. Yeah. You too. And uh, to Jake for jumping on in here on ESPN One Thousand.